0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our Christmas message series, Eyewitness, Finding Your Christmas Story in Theirs, where you're invited to find your story in the extraordinary experiences of the men and women who witnessed the very first Christmas. Together, we'll see that no matter who we are, the coming of the Christ was for us. Church family, I want to begin this morning the final message that I'm going to preach of 2021 by quoting that great American theologian Tom Petty. He and his heartbreaking friends once wrote these words. The waiting is the hardest part. Every day you get one more yard. You take it in faith, you take it to the heart, but the waiting Is the hardest part. And you know, if we're going to be honest with each other, Tom Petty is actually right. Waiting is incredibly hard. In a fast paced world, in a world that seems to be picking up speed, it is increasingly tough. We want things and we want them now. Am I right? We want them now. The fact of the matter is, a company by the name of Amazon has grown to be the fourth largest company in the entire world because they have leveraged that reality, that truth, that nobody wants to wait for anything. It doesn't matter what you're buying, you want it and you want it now. So what you do is you jump online, go to Amazon, you find whatever it is, technology, technology, groceries, it doesn't matter. You sit there, you place an order, and by the next day, it is on your doorstep. That's what we're looking for. We don't want to wait. Amazon delivers. But the truth is, in our lives, there are some times that we do have to wait. A lot of times, in fact. Sometimes the biggest, most significant things in our lives cause us to wait. For some of us, that's the pursuit of a degree. It takes time. It doesn't happen in just one sit-down, hey, I got it. it takes time. You have to wait. Or perhaps... You're looking for that special someone, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. For some of us, we've experienced the heartache of waiting for a child. Infertility is a real problem and a real situation that a couple yearns to have a child, and they have to wait, and they have to wait, and they have to wait. But waiting is something in our lives, if we're going to be brutally honest with each other, that is the thing in our lives, that's one of the primary things that we try to avoid if at all possible. I do not want to wait for anything. But sometimes in the midst of life's journey, we are reminded afresh of Tom Petty in his words, waiting is the hardest part. You know, today we are going to conclude our Advent sermon series. We've been looking at the eyewitness accounts. And what we've been trying to do is find our story in the story of those who were there at the Nativity. And today we're looking at the lives of two amazing people who I believe will give us a measure of hope amidst our waiting. Amidst our waiting. Now, the final set of witnesses in this Christmas story are a couple by the name of Simeon and Anna. Now, they're not really a couple, but they're kind of twinned in terms of uh, the way that their faith journey plays itself out. To be clear, they're not married or anything like that. They're just people who have a similar sort of faith journey. Now, what is unfortunate for most of us is that they are often overlooked when it comes to the telling of the Christmas story. So what I mean by that is when you set out your nativity, you've got all the pieces there. Nobody, none of us have the pieces of Simeon and Anna. You find the wise men, you find the shepherds, you find the animals, you find Joseph. Simeon and Anna are not there. But Luke's going to take us there. And Luke's going to tell us today how Simeon and Anna connect with our story, and I think we will be encouraged. So let's grab our Bibles. We're going to turn to chap, uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to pick it up at verse 22. And as you're turning there, if you are reading along in your ESV, that is on page 857. If you would like to read along, we'll obviously have it on the screen behind me. But we are reading from Luke's Gospel chapter Two. Here's what Luke writes. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous, and he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came in the Spirit to the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said these words, "'Lord, now you are letting your, your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation.'" So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four, and she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up to that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to Him, all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Such a powerful story. Because what we see undergirding that story is that Simeon and Anna were waiting. And waiting and waiting. But on this day, but on this particular day, everything changed. Their waiting had proven to reveal something absolutely incredible. In this moment, they were seeing the faithfulness of God right here in this moment. Now, amidst what scholars believe to be a sizable crowd at the temple that day, Simeon and Anna are unique in realizing that they are in the presence of the long-awaited Messiah. Get the picture. There are hundreds, maybe thousands, of people milling around, and the Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple. And two people, two people, get it. Two people understand that the. the The long-awaited Messiah is here. He's in their midst. You see, in their years of waiting, what we see are people who were faithful to God. And their faithfulness is being met by God's faithfulness in this moment. Right here in this moment. So today, as we're going to dig a little deeper into the story, what we are going to see is that Simeon and Anna will help us recognize and understand a biblical truth that will serve kind of as the overarching theme for our day or the big idea that we got to grab a hold of today, that waiting in faith enables you and me to receive God's promises When we wait in faith, we have an opportunity to experience and to see God's promises. So let's look at their lives just a little bit and find out what in the world waiting looked like. What did waiting look like? What was it like to wait with anticipation for years? How did they maintain hope in the midst of their waiting? Let's look back at our text. We're going to look at two specific passages, one for Simeon and then another for Anna. We're going to start with verse 25. You can follow along behind me. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was both righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And then we skip down to verses 36 and 37. And there was a prophetess named Anna, the daughter of Phanuel and the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. She is not a young girl. Having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84 years old, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping, fasting, and prayer. And she did that night and day. Simeon and Anna, you see, are similar characters. They're similar people. Luke tells us that they're both old. They've both been waiting a long time. But he also tells us that they're both devout. They're both consistent in their faith practices. These are not people who sort of believed and then went about their way and said, oh yeah, I think maybe I'll go to the temple. These are people who are faithful and consistent in their practices. That's what it means to be devout. And they have one other thing in common. They're both eagerly awaiting the consolation of Israel. They might say, what does that phrase mean? This is a name given by the Jews for the Messiah. For us Gentiles, you might say that we were eagerly awaiting the redemption of God's people. That would be another way to say that particular phrase. But by the descriptions that were just given in those two texts, it is easy for you and I to see and to read that Simeon and Anna had very passionate hearts toward God. They were real and they were authentic and they were faithful. They trusted and they depended and they waited. They waited upon the Lord. So each day you could find them in the temple. They were there. They were consistent. They were waiting upon the promises that God had communicated to them, specifically the promise about the Messiah that they believed would be fulfilled. And church, their are consistent actions that model their faith. It's not just a faith of words. Their consistent actions that model their faith, provide us the first of three ways that you and I can actually navigate seasons of waiting. And here's the first way, when we wait with devotion. When you and I wait with devotion and with faithfulness, I've said it just, A couple times already, you've read it in the text. Simeon and Anna were consistent. They were faithful. Their lives matched what their hearts believed. Isn't that what we want to be said of us? You know, that guy, he was a little different. But that guy, what he talked about, he actually lived it out. Isn't that our heart's desire as followers of Christ? We want to be a people who talk one way and walk in a way that backs it up. But let's be honest, that's tough, isn't it? That's tough when we're talking about seasons of waiting. If we're honest, that's when our devotion can actually be tested sometimes the most. You know, when I'm drawing up my plans and they're not going quite like I would like, it doesn't match up with my timeline. I can get fatigued, get a little weary, get a little tired. And then sometimes that fatigue leads to doubt. You say, I'm not only tired, I'm just wondering if this whole thing's even going to play out the way I think it's going to or the way I want it to. Huh, I'm tired. And then when we get tired, we slack off. We just kind of brush it aside. We slack off in our devotion. And this happens not just in our spiritual lives. It happens in anything that causes us to wait. Let me give you a few examples. The New Year's coming up. How many of you are going to start a little diet? Gonna start a little exercise plan, right? Well, here's a tip. When you start that plan, don't expect to drop like 20 pounds in a week. That's not how it works. It's consistency over an extended period of time. That's when you see results. There is waiting and devotion involved. That's also true, and I mentioned this a moment ago, for higher education. You don't just kind of walk into the college and say, where's my diploma? I'm here. Hours upon hour of study and more study and testing and reading, it all leads to a goal, but the goal doesn't happen without consistency and faithfulness. Let me give you another one. Investing. Let's get real practical for a moment. Very rarely do we hit and say, you know what, I'm going to buy Apple stock because I think that's going to do well. Anybody here do that? I didn't think so. We invest with a long-term goal. You give consistently. You put a little bit in each paycheck, and over time, you get there. But it doesn't happen quickly. And sometimes in each of those things, just like in our spiritual lives, when we're talking about dieting or exercise or an education or investing or a whole host of other things, what happens to us is we want it quickly and we get fatigued. And then when we get fatigued, we start to wonder, can this really happen Can I get to the finish line? And then when we get fatigued, we start to doubt. And when we doubt, we slack off and you get the picture. This is why highlighting the lives of Simeon and Anna are so critical and actually really practical for us today. Because what they do is they model consistency. It's a practical way for you and for me to navigate the waiting That's just one way, though. Let's continue in our text to see another way. Let's go to verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he, Simeon, would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God promised him, you will see him, but he's old and he's been waiting. Skip down to verse 38. And coming up to that very hour, she, Anna, began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. God, the Holy Spirit, has made Simeon a promise. He's told him, hey, before you experience death, you will see the Christ. Makes that promise to God. You will have a physical encounter with the Messiah. Hold up, wait patiently. It's going to happen. I want you to put yourself in His shoes for just a moment. The Holy Spirit gives you that information. You take it. You're kind of excited, right? Like, I'm going to see the Messiah. The the Holy Spirit has told me I'm going to see Him. But I have to think that that also makes it a little bit harder. You wake up, is today the day? Is today the day? Nope, it's the end of the day. Didn't happen. Maybe tomorrow. Could today be the day that I see the Messiah? I guess not. Didn't happen. Again. Seems to me that that would be both an encouragement and a little bit tough, if we're going to be honest, because you waited, and then you waited, and then you waited with anticipation every day. Could this be the day? No, it wasn't the day. Over and over and over again. Now, I want to make a quick aside at this point. This particular portion of the text is... Especially poignant for us right here in Detroit. Because every Sunday, every Sunday afternoon, we turn on the football team and we wait. And we wait some more. And we're still waiting. (laughs) All joking aside, though, Simeon was faithful. He had that information and he was faithful. He clung to that that word from the Holy Spirit. But he not only clung to it, he believed it and he trusted in it and it shaped his daily life. And Anna waited too. She was faithful as well. Her faithfulness is represented by when... They came to the temple, and it says, at that very hour, every single day, she was there. She was fasting, she was praying, she was waiting, she was ready. Church, these things don't happen for people who have slacked off, people who have given up hope, people who doubt. That doesn't happen. Instead, these are faithful practices of two people who were waiting upon God and waiting upon his timing. And this gives us the second way that you and I can navigate waiting when we wait upon God's timing. When we wait and trust upon God and his timing. Practically speaking, this is one of the hardest things to cultivate in our own hearts. Mommy want me to be candid for just a moment. I'm a pastor, so that makes me a professional Christian. And I just want to be real with you and just say this is incredibly difficult. <laughs> this is not easy for any one of us. I want things just like you do on my timeline that is not happening fast enough that is not going the way that it should in the time that i want it to go i have those same emotions that you do and i know that what god asks of me and what he is the same thing that he asks of you for humility in the waiting to trust in his timing but it's very difficult trusting and depending and waiting is very difficult but it's also something that requires the coming together of different spiritual truths in a way it's like that christmas basket of fruit it's all the different aspects of our faith journey that are kind of coming together in that moment that help us wait here's what i mean it takes trust in the sovereignty of god I have to believe in the sovereignty of God to do this. But then it takes something else, too. I have to believe the best of God and of his character. So I have to believe that he's not only in control, I have to believe that he is good fundamentally. And then it forces me to trust His plan, that it is better than my own. Do you see what I mean? It's all these things coming together. They have to be gathered right here for you and I to be able to navigate this particular point. But I want to give you some encouragement today. Those things that I just highlighted, they're all true. They're all true from God's Word. God is, in fact, sovereign. We can, in fact, trust His character. And His plans are far better than anything that I can come up with and anything that you can come up with. I could go through chapter and verse and verse and chapter, and we could spend the rest of the afternoon looking at verses that support what I just said. God is sovereign. His character is good and right and righteous and holy. His plans are far better and more significant than what we could dream up. You see, if you're in Christ today, if you are here and you would acknowledge that you have repented of your sin and that you have believed in the gospel, believed in Jesus, then our third and final point today is where you and I will find the power to get through the waiting. Let's look back at our text. We're going to pick it up at verse 27. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said these words, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. What we've seen there is the culmination of a theme that Luke has highlighted through the witness of Simeon. It is a theme of the Holy Spirit being active in the life of Simeon. Let's go down the list. In verse 25, we're told that the Holy Spirit is upon him. Verse 26, we're told that he received a word of direction from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 27, we read that he was guided by the Holy Spirit into the temple. The Spirit is, in fact, the key to Simeon's waiting, because it is only through the Spirit that Simeon recognizes, along with Anna, but it is only in the Spirit that Simeon recognizes that the Messiah had come. That's how he knows. That's how she knows. It is only through the Spirit that Simeon recognizes that God's promise has been fulfilled when he lays his eyes on the baby. Church, this gives us the third way. That you and I as believers can in fact navigate seasons of waiting when we wait in God's Spirit. When you and I, when God's people are called to wait upon the power of the Holy Spirit... You see, Simeon and Anna, they're people. They're people just like us. They heard the promises of God and they waited. They waited faithfully, they waited trusting in God, and then they waited upon the power of the Holy Spirit so that they would see those promises fulfilled. And here's the great news. Here is the great news. In Jesus, who is the Christ, they saw the promises come true. In Jesus, they experienced what all that waiting was for. What their hearts longed for, they saw. Salvation has come in Jesus, who is the Christ. Now, Simeon says, he can depart in peace. Now he can. You see, it's through the waiting that both Simeon and Anna were enabled to receive God's promises. So as I close today, I want to turn our attention for just a moment from those two giants of the faith, those faithful, devout believers. I want to turn their Our attention off of them and place it squarely upon you. Because what I want you to do in this next moment is to examine your own life. Not just think, hey, that's a nice story about two really religious people. I want to ask you first do you know the peace that only comes from knowing the Messiah? Do you know that peace? You would say, Pastor, I have in fact trusted in the baby who then grew up to live a perfect life and then spare that life on the cross for me. I've repented and I've believed. That's the beginning. That's the first step. But then the second step I want to ask you is to consider the ways that God is forcing you in this season of your life to wait wait. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe God's asking you to wait for something in your career. As you wait, take the test. As you wait, are you faithful to pursue God through his word? Are you consistent in opening the scriptures and allowing God's word to speak to your heart? Are you faithful? As you wait, are you depending upon the character of God? Even if the waiting is much longer and extended than what you think it should be, are you trusting in God's character? And as you wait, are you drawing strength? from the Holy Spirit who dwells within the life of every believer? Are you allowing the Spirit to lead and guide your life? Church, these are practical ways that God meets with us, with believers. People like you and me, that's how he meets us in the waiting and that's also why the waiting doesn't have to be the hardest part. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and gets you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org forward slash connect to introduce yourself today.